Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeist, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hi guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. It's the week before Christmas, so I hope all you guys are doing great and that you've got all of your Christmas shopping done. I have not. I am, yeah, I'm I'm that guy. I'm the one who gets paid the week before Christmas and does all of his shopping the last uh, day or two before Christmas in a panic frenzy. Uh, my problem is, is that I always have these grand ideas of, hey, I'm going to do this for this person. I'm going to do that for that person. I'm going to make all this artwork and I'm going to do something great and wonderful for every single person on my list. And I always seem to run out of time, which means I spend the last couple of days trying to figure out um, what to get folks, which means usually I get underwear for everybody which makes it a little awkward when my mother-in-law opens up her Christmas presents. Let me tell you that. So, um, hope your guys' shopping is going a little bit better than mine. But at any rate, uh, we're here for another week for this uh, podcast, and uh, we're actually going to have some of your guys' stories this week. We're back to that format. Hope you guys enjoyed the educational series that we did. And we'll probably do a little bit more of that sometime down the road. But I didn't want to ignore the stories that you guys have been sending in, and I really appreciate the fact that you are sending in the stories. That's what makes this podcast possible. So we're going to get back to sharing some of your guys' stories for a couple weeks. we got three good ones tonight, and let's go ahead and get started on those, why don't we? Our first story that you guys have sent in uh, comes from one of our listeners named Ellie. Uh, She has entitled it, Does It Want Anything From Me? Okay, Ellie, let's see what you sent us. My very first experience happened when I was around 11 years old. My parents are divorced, and I was at my dad's for the weekend. He lived in a cottage in England at the time. This cottage was a bigger-than-normal cottage. It had two floors, but the rooms were very small. We had four gardens, and we owned a part of the woods behind us. I was getting ready for bed that Saturday night. The weather outside caused me to look out of the window. I'm not entirely sure whether it was maybe snowing or it was heavy rain. But as I looked out, I heard footsteps behind me. I turned around, but there was nothing there. Before I could even grasp the moment, my books and things on my shelves were what seemed to me like picked up and thrown at me in one huge mass. I was terrified, as there was absolutely nothing there not even the outline of a figure. Heart thumping, I ran downstairs to get my dad. I told dad what had happened, and he went upstairs. I followed him, curious to see if anything would happen again. We got to my room, and we could see that my poster above my bed had become unattached at the bottom two corners. The top two were still attached, and it was actually floating. To be honest, it really seemed as if someone was slowly lifting it up and then down. Well, we moved shortly after that. 
After that, only small things happened. I'd often hear strange things, but once I heard a very clear Eleanor and an Ellie, but the Ellie was kind of extended. For example, Ellie. The tone of the voice was kind of jokey, but I felt scared and uneasy anyway. This went on occasionally, but not often up to this date. Another experience is actually seeing something. I went to the bathroom to clean my teeth, and when I turned the light off, I saw a girl standing in front of me. She was smiling, but it was kind of freaky. She had golden, dark blonde hair, or maybe very light brown hair. She had a white dress on, and before I knew it, she vanished. This was at my mother's house. Furthermore, another thing happened very recently. I own a guitar, which I always place at the end of my room. I walked into my room, and as I turned the light on, I heard what sounded like a finger pulling every string. This was also at my mother's house. I'm always getting the feeling that I'm being watched. In fact, I have gotten so used to this feeling that I don't find it unsettling anymore. It just feels normal to me. My dad has said that quite a lot of experiences happened to him at my age, and I've had mine since the age of 11, up until now, where I'm 15. Not sure if they will carry on, but then again, the guitar incident happened just a couple of weeks ago. I'm deaf, and the physical and visual happenings happened while I had my hearing aids out, so I couldn't hear anything at the time. But the Ellie, or Eleanor, and the guitar happened when they were in. I believe that I may have someone with me 24-7, as all the experiences that have happened have happened in separate places. I don't think that the houses are haunted as much as it is me that may be haunted. At the very moment, I'm not scared of these happenings. I'm just afraid for whatever happens next, and I'm just scared that they might get worse. Wow, Ellie, very cool story. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, let's have a look at kind of the things that you went over. Um, you had some incidents happen with objects moving. You had some visual things happen, and you had some auditory things happen. So it sounds like you kind of ran the whole gamut of the sensory things that we would see. As far as you being haunted versus the locations being haunted, you know, I am a firm believer that there are folks who are haunted. Um, I know that uh, I have experienced personally uh, certain spirits following from location to location. So it's like they're attached to you and not necessarily attached to, you know, a, a house or a specific location. It's also possible that in your situation, maybe you have an object that is haunted that you're carrying with you. Obviously not sure what you would have there that could be potentially have activity attached to it. But that's always a possibility that we would look at. The other thing is that with the books moving uh, with the guitar strings, uh, things like that, kind of sounds like it lends itself more towards poltergeist activity, um, especially considering your age at the time. You said this happened between the ages of 11 and now 15, which is the prime time that we would look at poltergeist activity happening, especially with young girls. Um, but you've also said that your dad had the same kind of experiences, uh, which is kind of neat to me. There is a theory out there that some poltergeist activity might be inherited. So we might have that case here, which would be really, you know, from an investigative standpoint, it would be really, really neat. 
the other thing that we might look at, and this is this is just my own little rumination on it, but the fact that you're deaf uh, is kind of unique. And, you know, a lot of times when people have hearing loss or blindness or any kind of sensory uh, deprivation where they're, they're minus one sense or one sense is knocked down to the point where it's essentially gone, um, we find other senses pick up the slack, as it were. A deaf person will have very acute uh, vision. A blind person will have really, really, really sensitive hearing. It's because you're taking away, in the five senses case, you're taking away 20% of your input. So the other 80% has to kick it up a notch to make up for it. And maybe your sensory input output is uh, rigged so that perhaps there is an element of uh, telekinesis or uh, some other mental abilities that are picking up a little bit to make up for your deafness, which would be kind of a neat thing to experiment with. I'm not sure how we would uh, set that up, but that would be kind of a, a neat area to explore. At any rate, um, I'd really appreciate you sharing your story with us, and I hope that you're doing well. Thanks a lot. Our next story comes from Marie, and she's entitled it A Troubled Life. Okay, Marie, let's jump right into your story. I have lived in a small town in California my entire life. Between the two houses I've lived in, I have experienced many things that can be classified as paranormal. I come from a somewhat religious family, although we do not attend church regularly, however we are of the Christian faith. There is only one other person in my house that believes in the paranormal, and she does not doubt anything I've told her. When I was very young, too young to remember, my parents told me I had horrible night terrors. They would hear me screaming and when they came in to investigate I would be terrified of the snakes in the corner of my room or the people outside. Of course, these things never really existed and were apparently part of my dreams. My first encounter with the paranormal I can remember is the day after my grandmother passed away. I was sleeping in my parents' bed, as I did for the first few years of my life since I was terrified of the dark and the things in it, and I awoke at some point in the middle of the night. I lifted my head to turn over and go back to sleep when I looked to my left and saw my grandmother. She was yellowish-white all over as if maybe being projected from a movie projector, and it looked like she was sorting through papers on my mother's dresser. I got scared, put my head back down and shut my eyes tight, eventually falling back asleep. The second encounter was in the same house about a year after my first encounter. I was sleeping in my own room that I shared with my brother. He slept with his radio on at night, which was an old receiver type that had an orange backlight when powered on. One night I woke up because of a cold breeze on my face, which wasn't unusual since the house was old and pretty drafty. When I opened my eyes, I saw a dull white blur move out of the bottom of my vision. I was lying on my side, and the room was still. As I was calming down, the power on my brother's radio switched off, causing me to dash under the covers. After a few minutes, I poked my head back out, but saw nothing for the rest of the night. I recall having dreams around this time about people with red eyes. They would either be looking in my bedroom window which had no blinds, or I would be looking down the hallway through the living room, kitchen, and into the other hallway we called the breezeway, and there would be a tall dark figure in a robe with glowing red eyes that scared me so much it snapped me awake. 
All was calm for a while until my family started hearing pounding. It sounded like someone was charging full speed and ramming the doors in the middle of the night. We didn't think too much of it at the time because the house was old and made noises, but they frightened me nonetheless. At a friend's birthday party, who lived on the same street as me, sometime between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., him and all of his friends were all fast asleep all over the dark living room. I have always had trouble sleeping, so I was up playing Super Nintendo as I usually did when I couldn't sleep. I heard banging on pots in the kitchen behind me and around the corner from the living room. I assumed his cat was maybe in the cupboard knocking stuff around. His mother came out directly after the noise and asked what I was doing as if maybe blaming me for it. Of course, I said I was just playing games, so she went into the kitchen and found every cabinet door wide open. This was my only experience outside of my own home. We moved into another house across town when I was 11 and everything was pretty calm until I was around 13 or 14. I started sleepwalking again and would wake up in strange places. The last time I remember that happening, I woke up in front of our front door. It was open and I was staring out into the darkness. I do not recall dreams when this would happen, and I usually was only frightened because I was suddenly standing in a dark room for no reason. We took a fishing trip to Pismo Beach a few years ago, a couple of months after my friend's grandmother had passed away, so we stayed in her trailer park home there. I slept in the living room on a cot with my two friends sleeping on the pull-out bed there. I was having trouble sleeping as usual, and I kept hearing a tick-tick quickly, about every ten seconds. I thought it was something outside because it was windy, so I forgot about it. As I lay in the dark thinking, out of nowhere I hear a horrible, loud, screeching-slash-static sound that sounded as if it was being played out of a speaker at full volume. She had a record player in the living room, so I knew where the sound was coming from. As I lay with my hands over my ears, I was amazed that my friends did not wake up and that my father, who was a light sleeper, and his friend did not come out of their rooms. After less than a minute, I jumped up and ran to the record player. The selector switch did not turn it on or off or stop the noise, and I saw that it was unplugged. So I removed the speaker wire from the speaker closest to me, which stopped the noise altogether. To this day, I don't know what caused that or why disabling one speaker stopped the other as well, especially if the thing had no power to begin with. Nobody else in the house heard the noise, which I can't believe because it was so loud. I managed to fall asleep for about an hour, but it made for a rough day on the sea the next day. Things have been pretty quiet since then, until the middle of June this year. I had a nightmare that I was looking into my bathroom mirror, and as I slowly got closer to the mirror, my reflection turned into a horrifying girl or woman, hard to tell the age, with solid black eyes and a very threatening glare. I woke up, but I was paralyzed. Now, this was definitely not my first encounter with sleep paralysis, but it was definitely the scariest. After about 10 seconds of panic and fear, still seeing the girl's face in my mind, I managed to regain control and roll over. When I did, I saw a black-robed figure standing in front of the window next to the bed, looking at me. I saw no face or eyes, but I got the feeling that it was female. When I saw it, I was not so much scared as unreasonably angry. When I saw the figure, I immediately became furious. All that I could do is shut my eyes. When I woke up again, it was daytime, 
and the feelings of fear and anger were gone. After stumbling upon instances of shadow people online, which I had never read about before, I knew what it was that I saw. I read about something called the Hat Man and the robed figure that people commonly report seeing, and the robed figure matched perfectly what I saw. Since that night, I have had sleep paralysis a few more times and only had one nightmare that I can remember. I had a dream that I had sleep paralysis and finally broke out of it, ran calling to my brother, but nobody was in the house. I turned around and saw a female sitting at a desk who looked dead, slumped over with her face downward. Finally, I snapped awake for real. Since then, I cannot sleep in a dark room. When I do, I get a sinking feeling and feel like there's someone there, but there never is when I look around. If I sleep with the TV on, which is what I've been doing lately, I feel safer, and I still feel like someone is watching me from far off. This feeling is intensified if I'm alone in the house. It may just be paranoia, but I just can't shake it. I have recently started taking a medication for depression, which has put me in a slightly better mood. Since then, I haven't seen anything or had any sleep paralysis, but I still can't get rid of the feeling of something being there. I still wake up every night around 3 or 4 soaked in sweat, but that has been happening for a long time. My mother has also shared her experiences with sleep paralysis in our current home. She says it doesn't happen often, but when it does, she hears two people whispering. She's also had dreams about seeing the gates of hell in our living room, as she describes it but I can pass that off as maybe just another dream. I'm wondering if all of these experiences could be tied together, as if someone or something has followed me from my childhood home. It strikes me as odd that these things would start happening and then stop for upward to a couple of years, and then start again at random times. Could this just be an overactive imagination? I'm 22 now and should not have to sleep with a TV on. I would love to have your opinion on this. Wow, Marie, that was absolutely incredible. Thank you, first off, for sharing that. Um, and I thank you for uh, thinking enough to ask my opinion on it. Let's see, you've had a lot of different kinds of experiences. The first thought that comes into my head is that potentially maybe you're a what they call a sensitive, which is somebody who can uh, sense uh, spirits and things around them. That might be the reason that you're having trouble sleeping in a dark room. Maybe, you know, if there are things around you, maybe you are sensing them. And, you know, it's one of those where if somebody is watching you, you know, you can feel that somebody's watching you. Well, if a spirit entity is watching you and you are sensitive to seeing or knowing that those entities are there, you're obviously going to feel like something's watching you. So maybe that's... um. Maybe that's what is happening in your case. I would point to your grandmother's ghost and hearing things that nobody else reacts to as possibly being evidence for that. It's also sometimes uh, we see sensitives are hereditary. You say your mother has had similar experiences, and that would be a big sign that, hey, if mom is sensitive, maybe daughter is sensitive as well. So I would maybe talk to your mom and see what other experiences she has had with that and see if you guys can maybe figure out between the two of you what's actually going on. You know, also possible that you have a negative entity there, uh, considering that the activity has following you to other locations. Uh, you have dark figures, red eyes, which are a 
bad sign, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, several different famous uh, negative entity cases, red eyes were very prevalent in that. And also, I would point to your mom's dream about, you know, the the gateway to hell, as you call it. Again, as you say, that could just be a dream or that could be her being sensitive to something. If there is a, for lack of a better term, a doorway that something might be coming through, you could maybe see it as that. And then the last thing is maybe, you know, the entity has attached itself to you and it's only showing up because you, you say, why would this happen? And then it goes quiet for a couple of years and then it pops back up and it works a little while and then it goes away and then it comes back a couple of years and especially after you move my thought is maybe you know these things have to draw energy to manifest so maybe what's happening is it is drawing energy and it's manifesting itself but then you're moving and it's moving with you but that takes a lot of energy from it to move with you so all of its energy is depleted and it takes it a while. It might even take it a couple of years to recharge its batteries, to build up enough energy to where it can start manifesting again. So that would explain the lapse of activity. Um, it could also be just that, you know, you kind of get used to it after a little while and you don't notice things that are happening. And then all of a sudden you move and you think, oh, well, maybe it's gone away. But then you become a little more sensitive to it because now I'm in a new location and your sense is already on edge because you're in a new spot. So just a couple of thoughts there. Don't know if that helps any. I hope it does. But if you have any other questions, anything I can help you out with that, feel free to email me and I'll be glad to get back to you. Thanks a lot for sharing your story. Okay, wow, that was an incredible story from Marie. Our next story is uh, from our listener, Mike, who sent it to us. He has uh, given it the title, Life in a Haunted House. Okay, Mike, let's see what you sent us. These events happened during my childhood, growing up in an old colonial home in the central Connecticut area. I'm now in my 30s, happily married with two great kids. Some of these events happen to me personally, but for the most part, they are things that my family has talked about happening in the house that I grew up in. In 1979, a couple of years before I was born, my parents and brothers and sister all moved from a cramped apartment to a colonial home in a different part of the town. They could not have been happier to get into this home because it meant that they had more room and a great backyard for the kids to play in. Well, a few days after moving in, everyone had gone to sleep one night. My father woke up sometime in the middle of the night to the sound of footsteps going slowly up and down the staircase. He then heard the footsteps in the hallway outside of the bedrooms. He dismissed these sounds as one of the kids roaming around in a new home. Sometime later in the night, my mother woke to the sounds of footsteps in the hallway. These steps stopped at every bedroom door, which she thought was odd, but then again it could have been one of the kids. My mother looked towards the door of their bedroom when the footsteps stopped there and saw the figure of a woman in blue. Now at this point she said that she broke out into a cold sweat and felt like she couldn't move. The spirit then spoke to her asking, do you know where Margaret is? The spirit then faded away. The next morning my mother recounted the story to my father who then told his footstep story. They didn't say anything to the kids. As time went on, strange things would happen. Footsteps. Shades would go up and down on their own. Pictures would come off the walls. Music could be heard playing in the attic with no discernible source. 
nuisance-type things would occur. Nothing sinister. For instance, my mother was showering and had laid a towel out for herself. She was home alone at the time. She came out of the shower and found the towel was missing and later found it downstairs in the kitchen of all places. Things like that happened all the time. My mother told few people about what was happening. However, she did tell my grandfather. Now, my grandfather was a skeptic and told her that she was full of it when she told him about the spirit she saw and what she had said. Well, fast forward to September of 1981. The evening I was born, both my mother and father were at the hospital, so my grandparents were watching my siblings. Sometime that night, my grandmother was asleep upstairs, but my grandfather was up reading in the living room. He suddenly saw a figure of a woman in blue walk from one side of the living room to the other end of the staircase to the second floor where the bedrooms were. She didn't speak to him. She didn't ask him any questions, but he saw her. He then went up the stairs to check on things, and everything was fine and all were asleep. When my parents returned home with me, my grandfather took my mother aside and said, I believe you now, and he told her his story. That was the last time he spoke of it. The years went by and strange things would always occur. Nothing massive, just sort of like a reminder that we were sharing our home with something. I witnessed strange things as well, but never once saw the ghost. We never felt threatened, and in all honesty, the home was warm and comforting and a great place to grow up. We lived there for 18 years. I still often find myself thinking about that home and all the things that had happened there. Wow, Mike, that's a very cool story. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. I want to kind of address a couple of things in your story. I think, first off, I want to say that it's great that you didn't come away from your experiences with any negative feelings or fears. A lot of times we see people, they grow up with things happening around them, and they either resent it because nobody believes what they say or they're constantly jumpy or maybe their their imagination starts to work with them but it sounds to you sounds to me like you were pretty pretty well adjusted and that it was all in all a good experience as much as that could be a good experience but it was definitely one that didn't uh harm you guys long term or anything like that it's just that you guys had apparently a very happy family with just some unique stories uh to share about the house which is really really cool it's a pretty typical thing of living in the house with haunting activity. You know, as I said, a lot of times people will come away with uh, negative things, but many times when you're investigating haunted houses, and this is kind of a neat thing, um, you don't actually run into people who want you to get rid of whatever's in that house. They just want answers. They want to uh, confirm that what they're experiencing is real to maybe have somebody just listen to what they're saying without laughing at them or without ridiculing them or giving them, you know, a kind of a sideways glance. They really just, just want confirmation basically that they're not crazy, but they don't necessarily want you to get rid of the entity. They, they're very welcoming. And as long as the entity, whatever's there, uh, whatever type of activity is going on, doesn't hurt them or doesn't harm them in any way. They're very happy to share the space with it as it were so that kind of sounds like what happened in your guys's case um you know a couple of the things that happened to you the footsteps is pretty common um that's a that's the thing that is probably the most common episode that we hear of in haunting activities it's neat when you mention your mother's 
that's how going missing. That's actually something really similar has happened to me personally. Uh, a couple of times we've had objects that, uh, not necessarily bath towels, but I remember one incident where we had a candle that was in our living room that we lit on a daily basis and we went to go light it and it wasn't there. And this was when it was just me and my wife and our daughter who was maybe, I don't know, she was maybe 18 months old at the time. Uh, we were the only ones in the house and I know I didn't move the candle and my wife said she didn't move the candle and I believe her because when it finally turned up about a week later, it was down in our basement on the washer and dryer, which my wife never went down into the basement because the stairway was kind of creaky and it was just kind of, you know, not a good situation to go down into. So I ended up doing all the laundry, which is fine. I love doing laundry. Um, but it was kind of weird that that would disappear in one location and reappear way down on another floor. So uh, that kind of thing does happen, and it's always kind of weird and kind of neat at the same time that it happens. No harm, no foul, but, you know, it's one of those where if you don't know what's happening, if you, uh, you know, I have seen people get in arguments about that kind of stuff. Oh, well, you moved it. No, you you didn't. Something something else moved it, but uh, it is kind of neat that that kind of happened to you guys and that I've seen that too, so... At any rate, Mike, I do want to thank you for sharing your story. It's kind of a, a neat, happy, haunting story, which we don't hear a whole lot of. So thanks for sharing, buddy. Well, guys, that is going to do it for another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. I would like to thank uh, Ellie and Mike and Maria for sending in those great stories. Uh, once again, guys, that is, uh, that's kind of the point of this podcast is to share your guys' stories so we can all learn from them and we can all uh, get some answers. And, you know, a lot of times it's just a cathartic just to share your stories, get it out there in the open so that everybody hears what you're experiencing. You know, we don't feel alone. We know that we're experiencing things. You know that you're experiencing things. Then you kind of build a community around yourself. And that's what this podcast is for. That's why I say it's not really my podcast is your guys's podcast because we're doing this with your guys' stories so appreciate you guys sending those in keep those coming in uh next week we're going to do some more stories we kind of got a backlog with a couple weeks that we did the educational series so we're backed up a little bit on the story so we're gonna have some more stories for you guys next week uh in the meantime keep them coming in remember to go to our facebook page and hit uh the like button on the facebook page true paranormal the podcast uh, and if you want to share your stories with us, there's an email us button right there or a, I think it's a message button. You just hit either one of those and send us a message or shoot us an email and we'll be glad to share your stories on our next broadcast. In the meantime, my name is Leo Rizzuti and this has been True Paranormal, the podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great one.